you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? How about the fucking dogs? Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State! Welcome in to the latest episode of that. SEC podcast presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, cracking open a cold one here for Old Miss, and I'll tell you why, Shane. Remember, remember this time last year we were sitting here counting down who's got you know selling beverages and who's not at these games and wondering yep. what in the heck are we doing these schools that aren't doing it? Well, we have come so far in a year, Shane. Ole Miss just announced a promotion. They got the big Alabama game coming up. If you show up to the game two hours early, fifty percent off beverages, including the beers. <laughs> <laughs> And all concessions as well. I think they think, you know, let's get these fans in here. Let's get them early. They're going to start getting sauced up. And, hey, it's going to be a good old time. Let's get it rowdy. We may not have a full crowd, but it's going to be a good one for Alabama. Hotty toddy, gosh almighty, man. I'm telling you. And once they do get soused, do you think they're going to be like Georgia and just huddle up in one big group down there by Nick Saban? (laughs) Maybe. Wouldn't that be funny? Because there is the restriction, obviously, you know, 20%, whatever it is, 25%. Yeah. What if that 20-25% just moved with Alabama's offense and just <laughs> was screaming at them the whole time? I always thought that. When they first came out with the 25% thing, have you seen the video? And I posted it a long time ago on Twitter. But the, the, these guys were watching a soccer match, and it was it was a ghost town, and there was probably a handful, like a 100, 100 fans or something like that. And if the soccer ball was on the right side of the field, they all ran to the right <laughs> side, and they had an arrow pointing at the goal. And then if it went to the left side, they went to the left side, and they had an arrow, you know, just, yeah. No, but, I mean, how assigned are these seats, Mike? <laughs> Hey, one other thing. We got big news here in the SEC. We'll get to this game in just a minute here, but, you know, somewhat serious news here because there's a damn hurricane. I think it's called Hurricane Delta. They are moving the LSU-Missouri game, Shane. I don't know if you've heard this yet, but this was supposed to be our Saturday night game on ESPN, Missouri at LSU. And according to about 50 different reports, this is being moved to Missouri because Baton Rouge is right in the path of this bad boy. Hopefully, you know, it avoids it, and hopefully this isn't even an issue. But they're just, I guess, just being extra cautious here. They're 
moving this thing to Columbia, and it, it's not going to be a, even a night game anymore. It's going to be a noon game. So thoughts on LSU-Mizzou game getting moved? Man, I honestly had no idea. And I'm like the worst weather guy. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I walk out, and it's like, oh, it's going to rain today, you know, because it's <laughs> raining. <laughs> I have no clue. So uh, I did get a, a text that there's a couple teams going to have some wet wet ball play uh, Saturday. So, But I had no idea that, that this game was even in jeopardy. Yeah. So how, ba- how bad is this storm? I, I, maybe I should get on there. I think they're saying Category 4. So, I mean, it's pretty bad right now. Hopefully, Damn. you know, like I said, it's only you're hearing this on a Wednesday. Hopefully it's died down a little bit and we got plenty of days. So, you know, I don't think these things are ever final, but I think they're mm-hmm. just trying to be cautious because it's going to it's supposed to hit on Friday and, and Saturday. And that's obviously yeah. when Missouri would get down there and mm. the game. So, yeah, big news here. And, uh, you know, it's going to be. How- Go ahead. <laughs> How nervous is Delta right now? You know, it's like, I hope this isn't bad because. They're always going to remember a bad storm named after us, you know? <laughs> what, do, what, will you ever think about that? Like, my wife, sometimes when, like, I, I say Hurricane Debbie coming through, you know, because, like, sometimes she gets mad, you know? <laughs> I just wonder. I just wonder. I, I was just thinking about that, man. So, no, this is crazy. They're moving it. But at least it ain't going to be like, you know, the the Florida deal where, you know, they postpone it and act like they weren't going to play there for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this was already a wild year. It's not even you can't even have a full capacity, so it's not like LSU is going to be at this major disadvantage. And wait, all right, let me ask you another one. Do mm-hmm. is this one of those deals that now LSU is going to get two home games? No, I think they just lose it. So okay, I mean that sucks. I, and I, well, it does, but I mean it does. It really does because there is a lot of fans that we're going to get to go to this game that may not get to go to it, but. I was just wondering if LSU was going to pull one of those, like, all right, we're going to do two home and homes, but we're going to be sold out. You know, <laughs> I think this year they're just trying to make it, make it work, make it happen any way possible. So man, that sucks, but uh, still should be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. Uh, we got a four games to preview here. You ready to go around the league? Let's do it. Now let's go now around let's the go league. Around the My, my daughter's said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think – I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should – we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you – start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, Shane, let's start here in Lexington. Mark Stoops and his Team sitting in an O and two hole, never saw this coming. They don't get a win here on Saturday. They're likely looking at O and five start. Never, in my wildest dreams, did I think this was going to happen. I thought Kentucky was going to be pretty competitive, and they have been in a lot of aspects. But they're dead last in the uh, last place in the nation. I think there's only seventy two teams playing right now. They're seventy. Second in the nation in turnover margin. 
So that's killing them. The pass defense is killing them. And I don't know, Shane, after just watching this team play, I mean, how many times can you say, you know, we got these tough, experienced guys and we're going to bounce back, yada, yada, yada. And then here we get to the game and we're not performing in a lot of aspects. Uh, how huge of a game is this for Kentucky on Saturday? You talk about a get right game. This is exactly what they need, man. And uh, sitting there at zero and two, is this the most? Is this the most disappointing team this year, Mike? Yeah, I think. And well, then, I, maybe Texas A and M, but yeah, that's them that's... Texas A and M and Kentucky right there at the top of my list. Most disappointing, and I think you're even more disappointed if you're Kentucky because you know a play here or there, and you're two and zero. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, that, that makes it – that kind of makes it even worse, I think. Yeah, no, and that is worse, man, because we've all been there. We've all had our team have a couple bad breaks, and you're sitting there at the end of the – like, I'll never forget the the Tennessee-Oklahoma game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was just – there was opportunities throughout that whole game where we could have just smashed Baker Mayfield, and we didn't get it. And then you think about it for years, Mike, you know, so I'm sure – Kentucky is going to be thinking about this till they get right and they got to get right sooner than later or people have already started the narrative that Kentucky's back to where they were you know that they were a fluke and now they're getting exposed with an all SEC uh, uh, game schedule you know Mm -hmm. now here's one thing that uh, you know I'm hearing some people talk about it but obviously last year when they had to transition to Lynn Bowden at quarterback you know they were able to just Remember, you've talked about it. Kentucky will have a ball, and the next thing you know, it's the the damn next quarter. They're in the same drive. Mm -hmm. So their defense, you know, didn't have a ton of snaps, didn't get exposed. Is, you know, is there a possibility we maybe we overvalued Kentucky's defense from last year just from the fact that they didn't have that many snaps, and and now they're kind of showing their true colors this year because this year the defense, you know, they're getting exposed through the air. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But I, I think, you know, they're still the leading rushing team in the SEC. So they're still kind of trying to stick to that game script. They're having no problem keeping their defense off the field. So uh, it's just, it's the big plays. And, and so that's something Coach is going to talk about here in a second. It's just the big mistakes, the, the you know, not just the, the, the big yardage situations or, or just undisciplined defense. But the like you said, the lack of turnovers, they're they're dead last. You've got I mean, that's that's the number one key, man. You you you're always trying to you, crowd these guys up and start try to strip the ball. Or, you know, it's just that's something they were able to do last year and they're having trouble doing this year. Mm-hmm. All right. Well you you hit it there. Let's uh, jump over to Mark Stoops talking about the Kentucky pass defense. It's obviously gonna be a critical factor going up against Mississippi State on uh, the adversity of being down 0-2, and then uh, finally on the team's turnovers and just how some of these turnovers are just unacceptable, according to Mark Stoops. How would you characterize the the mistakes made in the pass defense on those explosive plays? There's a variety of things. Um, We got beat uh, one-on-one. We got beat in – another jump ball tough matchup with a PI that was critical late in the game. I thought there was three, uh, you know, um, 
PIs that uh, I'm not questioning the call. I'm just saying that we're like bang, bang plays. Our defenders are challenging, talented wide receivers, and I'm okay with that. We got to make plays on the ball. And, um, you know, uh, so, you know, it's very hard. They had a lot of stress on them. And then there were times when we just flat out didn't compete well enough. And, um, and, and that, that's not good enough. Um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, we had some guys in there and, and, um, we got to find the right mixture. We had some guys with, uh, that, 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 that set a couple things free that we don't normally do, uh, with access and with, uh, you know, guys run down the field with deception, the tempo of the game, the way they, they operate and the way they stress you from sideline to sideline, uh, put, put, uh, they're a little bit unique, even from this week, as much pressure as Mike puts on you and the way they are so effective throwing the ball, it's different than this past week. Uh, that, that group's a, a bit unique with the, with their style. Mark, obviously your guys have battled through adversity before, even looking back to last year after that South Carolina game and, and turning around the season the way they did. How much does that experience help after an 0-2 start, knowing how difficult an SEC only schedule is going to be this year? It, it better. You know, we need to. Um, I, I certainly anticipate they will. I'm excited to get in our team meeting here in a little bit and and get on get on with it. You know, um, uh, you know, face the reality of our situation. Um, you know, no, nobody's going to point fingers. It's it's all about you know watching you know some plays and watching this film and 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 walking away with you know, from that session with an understanding that, you know, we can fix some of these things, you know, we can play better, build on the good things that we're doing and, uh, and, you know, get some things fixed. Um, so, um, you know, I feel confident that we will, but, but you never know each year, each team has a new identity. So this group has to step up and I'm certainly going to lean on the leadership of this group and everybody's got to look at themselves. When you fall to 0 and 2, uh, you know, you, you could respond you know, with the with the reality check of the situation is what it is, uh, and and you could fold to the pressure, or you could rise above it and and uh, man up, own it, and and move on. But that was a that was a good stop. It really was, and uh, much needed. And at that point, I think you all watched the game and the way it was going, and the way we were just holding on a bit in the second half defensively. Getting in an overtime gave us a great opportunity. Uh, because I really felt like we were with when we were ahead of the chains and in good field position, the way our offense was running and rolling it, um, you know, you f you feel like you have a good opportunity. Um, so. Hey again, Mark. Uh, following up on John's question a little bit there. I mean, is, is, you know, the middle errors, things like that. All I think you know, both teams can probably come out of every game, you know, with some of that stuff, but. I mean, it seems like turnovers. If you take away your all's turnovers, even you know half of them, you're, you it's maybe the difference between two and zero. Oh. Do you subscribe to the idea that turnovers are kind of random, or is that something that you can have a lot more control over, and something that you can really find ways to make that happen and be in your guys' favor? Yeah, I think um, you could. You know, you could see the the to me the fumbles are inexcusable. Those you could you could control. That's a technique issue that we you, you got to protect the football. Interceptions sometimes are going to happen. Even you know you look at uh, you know uh, Mississippi State and Mike and how efficient they are at 
you know, passing efficiency. They're incredible and throw the heck out of the ball. But, you know, you could get a tip. You can get, uh, you know, a receiver running the wrong route. You could get a great defense play. I mean, things happen, you know. So I, I feel like, you know, some interceptions are going to happen. Some of them are inexcusable. We, we all know that. Sometimes things happen, you know. Um, the ball bounces funny or, like I said, a D-lineman gets his finger on it and a funny tip or, you know, pressure, you name it. But uh, – but the but I think you know offensively again we got to stress in uh, protecting it on fumbles. Terry's obviously got to make good decisions, um, and then um, you know the the disappointing part really comes from the defense side of the ball that that we're not getting turnovers, and that that is concerning to me, and um, it's not good enough. Um, you know, it seems like both games there's balls the, the the football's floating around down there and. You know, they did a nice job of scooping it up, but, you know, but we have to create it. We have to create some turnovers. Sometimes the ball has to bounce your way. Uh, other times, um, you know, you have to create it. I remember, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, again, you guys, you guys probably know, but it was some statistic like this. But one year we were absolutely horrendous on defense. One of my first couple of years here couldn't force a turnover, but somehow we led the country and in, in, in recovered fumbles. So how do you describe that? You know what I mean? It's not like we were sit, hitting them so hard the ball was popping out. It's just the ball bounced our way that year. All right. One other thing I forgot to mention here with Kentucky, Shane, uh, running back Cavassier Smoke suffered broken ribs. So he's going to be out several weeks. They've not put a firm timeline on it, but hell, that's the one thing you got going for you if you're in Kentucky, this ground and pound system. They still got some good backs, but losing Smoke, that's going to be a big blow moving forward. I don't know, just based on what Mark Stoops had to say there, how confident are you that uh, Kentucky's going to bounce back this week? I think they've got an opportunity, Mike. Uh, I, I mean, they still have talent on this team. They're still a good program. Like you said, they're a couple mistakes away from sitting there 2-0, and and then we're talking that this has potential of not being a ball game. So uh, I think... I have faith in this team. I have faith, Coach. You know, he's proved in the past that that he's able to 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 get these boys ready to play. So I I think it's just they got to get back to that mentality that everybody's against them. You know, it mm -hmm. seemed like that was working. They became an angry, ugly defense. They they relied on that offensive line. You know, uh, smoke's a big big hit, but it's a deep backfield, so I think they'll be fine there. Um, I just, I, and I think Terry took a couple step forwards last week. So I, I think, I think this is a, I think this is going to be a hell of a game here, Mike. All right, let's kick it over to the other side. Let's go to uh, Mississippi state where coach Leach met with the media here. And, you know, obviously Mississippi state's now in a weird spot too, because you had the damn bandwagon, <laughs> you mm -hmm. got this national attention and now you got, you know, you lose to Arkansas and I'm seeing Plenty of people pretty pissed off about that. I mean, how in the world do you beat LSU, but you can't figure out Arkansas? That's kind of a question being asked down there. And now the good news is Kylan Hill sounds like he's going to be back. So that was, you know, that's a critical piece they were missing last week when he just really couldn't play after getting, uh, I believe he had a concussion there against Arkansas. So that was huge. They get him back. And, you know, this is obviously going to be a game where it's, Strength on strength, because yeah. Kentucky can't stop the pass. Mississippi uh -huh. State, I don't know how well they can stop the run. So, I mean, we could have a good old-fashioned shootout here, and 
it could be because they just each defense can't stop each other. You know what? No, I, I think I think you're right. And I mean, you got the number one rush defense or rush offense, and then you got the number one pass offense. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of hard to pick. It's kind of hard to to decide how this game because I I really think it comes down to a couple key third downs to a couple turnovers, you know, it's going to come down to something like that. And what concerns me about Mississippi state is if Kentucky does get into that, Hey, let's just drive this. Even if it's four yards at a time, you know, and they're, and they're milking the clock and the way Mississippi state's offense is ran, you know, there's, there's a good shot. They could go three and out. And then you're sitting there, you know, with a minute off the clock your, your defense is exhausted and they're coming out and, and they're just trying to stop these guys and just lean on that offensive line. Kind of a kind of a game script that they had last year. So that's what concerns me. But you say that, then it's like, well, what if the Pirate puts up 14 points on Kentucky and it forces them to, to start throwing a little bit more? We saw what happens when that happens. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just don't know what's going to happen in this game, Mike. Well, let's kick it over to Coach Leach talking about uh, facing more zone defenses. That's obviously the adjustment Barry Odom made. Instead of playing man-to-man with these receivers of Mississippi State, they just dropped eight time and time again on uh, limiting K.J. Costello's interceptions. You know, he's got seven turnovers now, I believe, in two games on how his team will respond after their tough loss. And then he even throws in uh, some thoughts here on Kentucky. Mike, just quickly, any update on uh, either Kylan or uh, Will Rogers? Are you expecting to have them this week? Uh, I think they'll both be available, yeah. Follow up. Uh, obviously, you guys saw a lot more zone coverage this week than against LSU. Is that something you're kind of anticipating at least this week against Kentucky or maybe down the stretch? Or is that, you know, just kind of one week in and, you know, not quite clear what you'll see from Kentucky yet? Uh, well, we've always anticipated. I mean, we've over the years we've seen a lot more zone than we have man. Um, but you know, obviously, we need to be more precise. Well, one where we align, and two where we sit. Uh, I didn't see that so much as some magic, uh, uh, you know, to the game. I mean, our execution was uh, the difference. Uh, they executed, we didn't. Um, but, you know, there's, that's not some special thing, and it's not something that was newly invented either, you know. I mean, uh, you got to go out there and execute, you know. I think that, uh, uh, you know, they did, we didn't. And uh, we had a lot of chances that game too. And uh, so, you know, we just have to get better. We have to be a steady, consistent team, you know. We can't uh, rest on any level of perceived success. And, and uh, you know, we, we have to be – we have to be the same team uh, every snap, and I didn't think we were. He's had uh, you know, hand, a handful of turnovers in two games. As his position coach and play caller, how do you kind of manage him where he doesn't kind of go in a shell there and continues to be aggressive but perhaps be a little more careful with the football? Well, we clearly haven't had a problem with the aggressive part of it. Um, the uh, uh, I think we got to get a little realistic with it. I think that uh, – you know, uh, the majority of the problems are forces. I mean, not all of them are him. Sometimes he's getting hit, and sometimes, uh, you know, the ball bounces funny. But, you know, plenty of them are uh, just kind of forced throws, trying to make too much happen. And I did think there was quite a lot of that. 
Coach, uh, how was yesterday's practice, and how do you feel like the team, and specifically KJ, kind of responded when you guys had a chance to get out there and clean up a little bit? Uh, well, I I think that uh, coming in, I mean, everybody's disappointed and um, and uh, upset, and then you know we did the kind of uh, the post evaluation of things, you know, uh, where we felt short, what needs to be different, and um, you know, the biggest thing is. Um, it's one of those things that as a coach, you know, you fear all week that there might be a letdown and you try to deliver the message, try to deliver the message. We failed to do that, so that's our fault. And, you know, there's uh, anytime you're trying to reach a group, you're trying to try as many ways as you can. And obviously we needed to figure out a better one. Uh, but uh, as far as the lift and the practice, it was very enthusiastic and guys ran around I think because I, I do think we have a group that uh, is quite committed but we have a lot of guys that haven't played a great deal a bunch of people that haven't really played so you know it's and it's not just uh, <clears throat> how hard you have to work to prepare all week to win a game it's also you know the timing and situationally when to really let it go and I think uh, you know we're improving on that couple things real quick uh, Mike, I, first off, just what have you seen out of Kentucky so far, your your impressions of them and, and what you guys will have to look out for on Saturday? Tough, gritty team. Tough, gritty team. It'll be a contrast of uh, they want to run the ball and uh, use the clock. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to throw it. Um, uh, they're good on defense. In, in, uh, both defenses, I think, are starting to kind of take shape. Um, I know they gave up some points, but uh, – <clears throat> the, uh, a lot of them were shots, you know, kind of shots that hit for uh, for Mississippi or Ole Miss, I think. And, um, you know, but down in and down out, they played better than the score suggests. All right, Shane, I'm getting a pretty good kick out of uh, all these people saying, well, hell, we figured out Mike Leach. It took us a week. You know, we've got the <laughs> game plan. And trust me, this guy's been coaching for 20-some-odd years as a head coach. He's faced his own defense before so it was kind of nice to get his thoughts on it and just how his team can you know kind of execute a lot better and like I said once you know a zone wrecker is going to be a guy like a Kylan Hill coming out of that backfield and in catching balls in the flat and the wheel route and stuff like that so that could be the difference in this matchup but um, what I guess thoughts on what coach Leach had to say here and and how do you expect them to respond after, like I said, I mean, because this is a weird spot for Mississippi State to be in because mm-hmm. maybe they were reading their press clippings a little too much now, and and now they kind of come back down to earth, and you got to wonder, I'm not suggesting the buy-in factor is low or anything, but maybe some players on that team are saying, well, hell, maybe, maybe this guy isn't a, the damn genius I thought he was. You know what? <laughs> well, I, I think – I. I, like I said, I've been going back and forth on this game, and you're looking at two ball ball clubs that easily could be two and zero. Uh, I mean, this could this could be this could have been one of the game. This could have been the game of the week. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. depending on how the pirate was playing, and Kentucky would have been ranked as well. So uh, this this is going to be a hell of a game, and I think it comes down to inches, man. It comes down to fundamentals. It comes down to who's disciplined, and if 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 Kentucky gets right and they stick to their, their, their assignments and they don't 
venture off and they don't celebrate before they get to an end zone or they don't fumble at the goal line, uh, there's a chance that they win. But if Mississippi State doesn't throw interceptions, you know, if, if KJ goes out there and, and just feeds dimes like he did against LSU, then they can run away with it. So I, I really think that this game, even though it's a team event, is going to come down to a couple of individuals and the whoever makes the less uh, amount of mistakes comes out victorious. Yeah, and one final thing, one thought I've got on Mississippi State, you know, Bumper Pool, the linebacker for Arkansas, he had, mm-hmm. I believe, 20 tackles. He's been getting praised all week. He was SEC Defensive Player of the Week. He just won a National Defensive Player of the, of the Week award. It may You may think it's easy for some guy to go out there and, and get 20 tackles, but it's incredibly difficult. And it's not like – I'm not saying Kentucky doesn't have good players, but – it's one thing to say, hey, we solved Mike Leach. It's another to, to have a game plan and have a guy go out there and execute it, and he did it in such a fashion that he's winning player of the week awards. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's accumulation of these things. That's how Mississippi State was stopped. So I'm just not buying these people that say, well, hell, we don't got to worry about Mississippi State anymore and Mike Leach. Nope. We, we got him solved in that one game. It's, it's not going to be that easy for everybody else, trust me. He just throws that one playbook, and he just grabs like one of the five other that are sitting in the corner. So, yeah, no, I'm not. I, I'm not worried about them at all. I think the the pirate will get these guys right. So, uh, like I said, just it just a couple mistakes last week, and that's why they lost that game. All right, Shane, let's kick it on down to the plains. War damn eagle. Where uh, Coach Gus Malzahn met with the media here on Tuesday, and hey, we got an interesting one here for you know many reasons, but. You know, we talked about it. We were both surprised by the line when this came out. It was, I believe, 18, 19 points in favor of Auburn. It's already down to 14, I believe. So a lot of money coming in on Arkansas. You obviously got the Chad Morris storyline. Now we got some good coaching in Arkansas. The Razorbacks look completely different. Auburn limping in off of just getting, you know, just destroyed by Georgia. This is um, this is one where I mean certainly I think Auburn's got to be on upset alert. So, you know, what are your thoughts on this one with with Auburn? You know, certainly this is kind of the same thing we said with LSU Week One. You know, one loss isn't going to kill you, but you're limping into this thing. You're playing a red hot Arkansas team. How high is the upset alert in your mind for this one? Uh, it's up there. It's up there, and the reason is is you know I look at what Arkansas has done to this point and what this defense has been able to accomplish. And then you watch the game last week between Georgia and Auburn, and that thing had more to do with just lack of production from the offense because of an aggressive defense. Now, I know Georgia's stacked. They've got a lot of talent, but they've also got a lot of talent on the other side of the ball, and Arkansas was able to keep that in, in, you know, in check. They were able to keep the the Bulldogs that just beat the LSU Tigers in check. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, I think that this is a sneaky good defense, and um, I, I think all, and and two what Auburn did last week also opened up the eyes to the, to the SEC on on how you can make Bo Nix uncomfortable in that pocket. So it, this is a this is a get right game for Gus Malzahn. I think, I, I think he's got uh, this, I don't want to say a must win, but man, if he doesn't, can you imagine, can you imagine the, the hot seat talk 
man. Uh, I'm telling you, it, it's going to be really bad. Oh, yeah. I know. I definitely call this a must win for Gus Malzahn and Auburn. I don't think they can afford to lose this one. And mm-hmm. his comments here, we're about to play him, is not giving me much confidence because here we got Bo Nix basically saying, remember it was heading into the year, it was the comment was, well, Bo Nix kind of lost his confidence at, at some point during his freshman season. Those are his words, not mine. And then here he's saying, you know, it was kind of too fast for him out there. And then Gus Malzahn talks about his offensive line. And it's just, I mean, it's like a total work in progress based on what he's saying here. Mm. We're in the middle of a damn SEC schedule. Uh This is not the time or place to be trying to solve an offensive line issue. And then maybe the most disturbing thing, he's talking about watching Arkansas on tape and seeing – how well they're coached now and how much effort these players are giving that. And he just, you know, throws praise on Sam Pittman and Barry Odom. So uh, let's kick it over to Gus Malzahn. Hey Gus, uh, Bo said Saturday after the game that it was just, the game was really moving too fast for him out there. Chad mentioned in the preseason that one of the characteristics of his best quarterbacks is that the game really slows down for them. And that he saw that out of Bo in fall camp. Um, just what can you guys do to make it slow down for Bo moving forward aside from just, you know, being more balanced offensively? Well, I mean, you know, they made us one-dimensional, okay? So that was probably where it started, and that's probably where a lot of that came from. And we were behind. And anytime you're trying to play catch-up against a really good defense that can really rush the passer, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that's really where that was coming from. But I think the big thing is just, you know, to help him out to be more balanced. And, uh, you know, to be balanced, you've got to be successful running the football too. So, you know, we'll work uh, extremely hard on that moving forward. And uh, I think that'll be a big key. Hey, guys, what's the approach been with the offensive line this week after what was a really tough game against Georgia? I know you said you were thinking about, you know, trying to settle into a to a, a strong five uh, heading into this game. Well, what's the yeah. latest? I think, I think Chad and Coach Bicknell are, are putting their heads together on exactly what that's going to look like. And like I told you after the game, or like Sunday, just you know, we we got to start settling in, and we will. Uh, we'll see what that looks like this week. I know there's going to be some more competition, but uh, you know uh, that that that's something that we're uh, we're moving forward with. Yes. Uh, good morning, Gus. Um, I wanted to ask you that you know in this state, I mean, college football fans cannot relate to a 20-game SEC losing streak. You know, you spent a lot of time in Arkansas. Can you speak to the to the passion that fan base has about football, maybe the sense of relief they feel after finally winning, and the energy that football team is going to bring to Jordan-Hare Stadium Saturday? Well, like I said earlier, I mean, uh, just very impressed with uh, not just winning, but beating a really good team that set SEC records, all-time records the week before. Uh, and then anytime you win a road game in this league, it's extremely tough. Uh, so you put all those together. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, they'll come in here ready to play. Um, you know, their head coach, Sam Pittman, is doing a great job. Uh, you know, he's got his team playing very well, playing with great passion. And so we're expecting uh, to get their best. Yes, Coach, I know you mentioned it there in your opening comments, but uh, just defensively, uh, specifically the linebacker core for Arkansas. What have you seen out of Barry Odom's defense this year, Coach? Well, I mean, you're talking about, I think, two very good outings. I mean, we played Georgia last week, and, 
you know, I thought he did a very good job against them the first week with his scheme and plan. And then, of course, what he did last week, like I said, he deserves two Coach of the Week awards. And, you know, he's always been one of the best. Doesn't surprise me. And he'll have a good plan against us. So, you know, we'll have to, uh, you know, we'll have to be executing at a high level. Gus, uh, you guys have familiarity with Sam Pittman and uh, Barry Odom. But, uh, you know, now that they're on this staff, what, um, yeah, what are traits that you guys see in this Arkansas team that you guys are used to from when Sam was at Georgia and then when Barry was at Missouri? Well, what stands out to me is they're playing extremely hard. And, uh, you know, when you got a team that's playing extremely hard, you know, that, I believe that's coaching. So hats off to those guys. You know, they're off to a very good start. And like I said, I think Sam, is a, he's, a, he's a football coach, and, and uh, he's got those guys playing extremely hard. Gus, you know, sometimes a transfer can come in and just – inject a lot of energy into a team and really make a big difference. Uh, how has Felipe Franks done that, Dogs? Yeah, you know, it looks to me like, uh, you know, he's confident. And you can tell his offensive guys are confident around him. And like I said earlier, I mean, I was always impressed with him at Florida. And uh, so you know, he's a veteran guy that understands the league and understands what it's like to, to start in this league. So, you know, I think it gives him some stability, you know, at that position. All right, Shane, so certainly Gus probably didn't mean to throw his offensive coordinator under the bus here, but (laughs) (laughs) I specifically put this comment out there on Twitter because I knew the Arkansas fans would jump all over it because, hell, I mean, this is almost like a ridiculous statement. You're saying, you know, Arkansas is well coached now. They're they're playing hard and and they're giving maximum effort and you got to credit these guys. And it's almost like Gus – don't know where the old coach is at now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, I just oh Gus, you know <laughs> Gus. He's just he's, everybody's good coach around him. You know, I need Gus to be a good coach, Mike. You know, I, I need him just take that damn hat off and just tell us how you really feel. You know, you should be pissed off at how your team played last week. I know if I'm a fan, I, I'm I'm a extremely upset we're 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 we should be better than that we should this should have been a ball game this is a rivalry man and it was just it, it looked like peewees going against grass cutters it was just <laughs> it was embarrassing and then you want to come out and you want to high praise another team and their coaches it's just why why do we do this mark why do we play this this coach speak is so stupid. I just wish he'd come out and tell us how he feels. Hey, boys, we got to. This is a get right week. That's what this is. This is a week that we've got to. We got to put some damn points up. We got to make a statement that what last week, what you saw on national TV on on the prime time game, that that was a fluke. That was a one hit wonder. They got us. We weren't prepared, but we will be this week. You know, I don't care if I got to put damn. Big Cat Bryant on the offensive line. That's what I'm going to do, Mike. I'm going to make this thing work, and we're going to get some production out of this offense. Mm. All right. Well, I can't believe you missed the the obvious Chad Morse joke there. But <laughs> What was the Chad Morse joke? Well, that's kind of the whole point of the clip, where he's just saying Arkansas is such a well-coached team now. And it's oh, like, well, who, where the hell is the former coach? He's on your fucking staff, and, the, and you're, they're god-awful. Oh, my bad. Sorry. So I'm so used to, I, I'm sorry. I thought I used all my Morris jokes up, but apparently, <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, I'm going to save it. And if they lose to Arkansas, man, I'll oh, tell you, yeah. I'm going to be tweeting the shit out of it. <laughs> all 
All right, we'll skip it over to the other side where all those good coaches are, according to Gus Malzahn. Woo pig! I made this point on a uh, Arkansas radio station this week, Shane. Now, I feel like I got a good read on Arkansas. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, whatever, but I did pick them to win last week. They came through. I have been saying it all off season. I thought they were going to win multiple SEC games, and I maintained that even with the all SEC schedule. And I'm still holding firm to that. I think that's looking obviously a lot more likely now that they got the they got over the hump. They got that first one. But the critical part of this, I don't think they're going to be able to get any of these wins a couple more weeks into the season outside of maybe Missouri, which is the next to last game, but they just don't have the depth. They've got the front end talent, but they just don't have the depth. They're very young. And I think Arkansas is probably going to fade once we get to November. So we're talking Auburn, Ole Miss, and they got two weeks to prepare for Texas A&M. And I'm certainly not suggesting they're going to be favored in all those, or they're going to win them all, but I think he can win at least one, if not two, of those games. I think, the, I think the importance here, coming off that win, coming off the 20-game losing streak, now you're on an all-time high. If you can ride that momentum, this may be the best team that Arkansas has a chance of beating, and I really do think they can do it. So what are your thoughts on that, Shane? I mean, do you think that Arkansas, if they steal another SEC game or two, it's got to come early, or do you think they can – you know, they can do it late. No, I think, I, I think, I think it can happen anytime during this season. I, I think Arkansas is going to be one of those teams that if they bring their absolute best, cause that's what they're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they are thin, they're going to have to bring their absolute best. They're going to have to leave everything on the field every single week. I think there's plenty of opportunity. There's little landmines across their schedule that they could easily do what they did last Saturday. I, I, I truly believe that. I think they honestly would have had a better shot being beating Auburn if they didn't get embarrassed last week. I think this is going to they're going to come out focused and have like a statement game. That's what I feel like is going to happen, and I think they're catching them at the wrong time. But again, it's one of those teams that they do match up. Pretty well. I mean, this I, I can't imagine it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, you know, they're they're gonna they're they're both going to try to run the ball or establish a run, and and it's just going to be. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, uh, very conservative play calling. Uh, you know, just give give Bo his confidence back. You know, something along those lines. But uh, if if that's one thing about Arkansas, if you hang around too long. You know, all it takes is Felipe just to throw one of them damn 50-yard bombs, and next thing you know, you're down a score or two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that – I don't know if that answered your question or I just danced uh, all the way around it. So, <laughs> well, Speaking <laughs> of that, <laughs> let's kick it over to the, uh, Sam Pittman, who did the same thing when he's asked about Chad Morris about a dozen times during his presser. He was asked about uh, keeping the Razorbacks focused after that big win. Asked about Auburn, asked about Chad Morris, like I said, multiple times here. And then I, I threw in this last clip just for Shane, and we don't even have Sam Pittman's reaction because it wasn't really that good anyway, but just really, really wanted to get this guy. This is the same guy that was asking, well, hey, how, how long is it going to take you to end this damn 20-game streak that you're not even a part of? But uh, he had another gem here. 
Yeah, Sam, um, you know, some of some of your players have never won an SEC game. For others, the older guys, it had been a really long time, so those kids deserve to have a nice celebration. But how do you bring them back down to earth? I know Mike Leach said after the game, maybe Mississippi State didn't have the same edge they did at LSU after a big win. Well, what's the key to keeping your kids focused and kind of bringing them back down to earth after such a big win? I really don't. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I'm going to show them this afternoon why we won. And I'm going to show them, you know, we always have a good, bad, and ugly uh, video uh, that I talk about to the team. I'm going to show them why we had success, what we had to work on to get better, and some things that are unacceptable, and, and uh, we'll get them all fixed. But the bottom line is we practice. We practice all of an hour and a half on Mondays. And uh, we put the game to bed in the first half of our meetings. And, and, and talk about Auburn and where we're going in a second. I don't think it'll be one bit of problem. I, I really don't. I know our coaching staff has moved on and our players used to do what we do. Sam, just what do you make of Auburn and just how kind of weird is it to have the head coach from the previous year be the offensive coordinator trying to dissect your defense? You know, I, the the part about the offensive coordinator, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know how uh, Coach will feel about it. You know, you had to ask him, but, you know, I was O-line coach at Georgia and we played them, so it's, it's not really a big deal. We're just trying to compete and, and uh, win the football game. Um, your first question was, yeah, Coach, how much do you, with the players, given the dynamic, I guess, with Chad Morris being on the other sideline, how much do you go with them like this is a business approach, don't let your emotions get involved, or or do you let them use any of that as motivation? I'll be honest with you, Trey. We're, it's just another football game to us, and we won't mention the fact that Coach Morris was the head coach here. They know it, and, you know, some of them, will be, you know, I, some of them probably loved him. Some of them probably didn't, you know, just like any coach. And so uh, we're going to take a business approach to it and, and go out there and try to do our best. About Auburn, just kind of what do you make of their team? Auburn, Auburn I tell you what, uh, defensively, Kevin Steele, an outstanding coordinator, been in the league for a long time, had success for a long time. You know, they still have those guys up front in, in Truesdale and, of course, Big Cat Bryan's over there. I really like their linebacker core and Papo and Tut and, and A.J. Brick. I really like them. They, they get to the football, obviously, in the back end. You know, they're led by Sherwood Wood back there. But, you know, it's Auburn. And when you go play Auburn, you're going to play one heck of a defense. Uh, on offense, you know, they kind of go by Bo Nix and, and Tank Bigsby, their tailback. Really good player. You know, they run a lot of misdirection, a lot of where's the ball. Uh, uh, obviously, they have the potential to go really fast. So some of those things, you know, obviously Barry's going to have to be uh, have a great game plan for that. Uh, their big guy on the outside is Anthony Swartz, who is faster than fast. And then they got a big uh, – wide out in Seth Williams. So I really like their O-line. Their O-line's big, you know, they're, I don't know what they average, probably about 315 a guy. I like them. I think they've got a good offensive football team, good defensive football team. It'll be, 
an unbelievable challenge for us, but, you know, we're looking forward to going up there and playing. Hey, hey Sam, I think Traylon posted on Instagram, he was getting an MRI on his knee. Um, just wondering, do you know the result? Do you know the result of that MRI? And could you give us an update on Rakeem and, and Monteric, uh, what their status is for this week? If he's not posting on Instagram, then you wouldn't ask me the question. So we'll get that figured out. Um, he's fine. He'll be he'll be back at practice today. Uh, Rakeem will as well. And who else did you say? Okay, don't 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 be mad at Traylon. Uh, well, that's team team rule. You don't post about injuries on the internet. So, okay. Well, I wasn't trying to get him in your doghouse or anything. <laughs> he's hey, he's not my doghouse. Trust me. Okay, thanks, Coach. Felicitaciones, congratulations for the win. At what point in the game were you feeling scared that maybe you were going to turn twenty one? That's the first question. And the second, when you say this is the beginning of something good, what do you need to do for this new beginning to keep going the way they went Saturday? All right, Chance. <laughs> Golly, Mike. I don't know what coach did to this guy, but oh man, he needs to he needs to give Sam he just won his first SEC game. Let's give Sam a break here. Jeez, Mike. Debbie Downer much? You know, it's like <laughs> let him have his victory. Don't talk about, you know, were you upset that the, that this didn't go to a twenty one streak? I mean jeez. <laughs> He, he sounds to me like he's got one of those Twitter pages that says it's been X amount of days since he's won an SEC. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he's got 10,000 followers and now he can't do anything because it's only been three days now. So, uh, what a terrible question. What a terrible question. Be positive. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, this is this, you haven't won an SEC game in 20, in 20 games. Now, now you don't have that hanging over you anymore. This is a, this week's time to celebrate a little bit. So, Terrible question. Mm -hmm. Hey, Shay. Well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. All new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to MyBookie.ag and you put in the promo code THATSEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. And we mm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. <laughs> so head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC. Over at mybookie.ag, thousands of cross-sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code, that SEC. Shane, is that on your end or is that on my end? You hear What's that? What's that? No. Oh, my God, we're burning alive! Hot, real hot. Hotter than this is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little clutch pot cooking. Oh, can you tell me what it feels like? Fool, what is hot? I told you again. When you're born on the sun, it's damn hot. <laughs> Let's kick it off down to the next one, Shane. 
Let's kick it on down to Nashville because we got us a hot seat battle here. <laughs> Derek Mason, Vanderbilt, Will Muschamp, South Carolina. Both these coaches desperately, desperately need a win here. Both these teams need it, you know, get some confidence going. And this game could be a lot closer than maybe some people thought going into the season. I think Vanderbilt, you know, certainly they got worked by LSU, but maybe that's they got Derek Stingley back, and LSU may be who we thought they were. So one of the better teams in the SEC West was always going to be, you know, a, a team that's going to beat Vanderbilt, at least this Vanderbilt team. So thoughts on this one, Shane? Who needs a win more, Vanderbilt or South Carolina? And maybe who needs it more, Derek Mason or old Will Muschamp? Dude, it's so funny you asked that because when you sent the clip, I was like, you know, I'm going to ask Mike, which one needs to win more during this game? They both do, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's very important, obviously, for Vanderbilt to get a win. Like, because you look at their schedule, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough for them to get some victories along the way. So, obviously, it, it's a huge game for Coach Mason. But then on the other side, Mike, Muschamp cannot afford to lose. I, I mean, it's it's – it's time. I mean, could you imagine? I already feel bad for the guys. I've been listening to. I've been listening to a lot of South Carolina fans, and I'm telling you, man, you want to talk about doom and gloom? You know that little buddy that is asking Sam Pittman those shitty questions. You know mm-hmm. that that there's a whole bunch of fans out there in South Carolina that are expecting answers, and and it's and it's funny. You're gonna hear it in the que- you're gonna hear it in the questions here in a minute. You know, they're already asking about the AD. They're already asking about the president, you know? So I, I think it's a bigger it's a bigger game for Muschamp, no doubt about it. Well, uh, before we get to Muschamp, let's kick it over to uh, Derek Mason's questions who, hey, credit him, man, because he, this is even before he, you know, is even asked about it. He brings it up on how important this game is for his team and for South Carolina's team. He talks about uh, true freshman defensive back Donovan Kaufman, who has been one of the surprises for the Commodores. And then once again, credit Coach Mason here. He's you know he's not demanding. I, I, he probably doesn't even have the authority to do it, but he expresses that he wants to see Vanderbilt Stadium opened up to its fans. And I think that's a, that's a great message for the head coach of Vanderbilt to have. We need the win. Uh, just just like South Carolina does, we need the win. So uh, the opportunity is great. Um, the 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 ability to focus, okay, execute, uh, follow the process, um, be detailed with the plan, and, and and make sure, man, that we're intentional about you know how we work together. It's that's that's what the forward focus is about, uh, man. We 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 understand where we've been, but you got to pay it forward, and you can only do that with the work that you put in, you know, Tuesday through a Friday to get to Saturday. I did, you know, Donovan Kaufman. Uh, what, what was a guy that we were going to have a hard time keeping off the field. Um, obviously, coming out of Rumble High School in New Orleans, uh, you know, defensive player of the year in the state of Louisiana, uh, you, you can you can see, uh, you know, his ball skill, his ability to track the ball. I mean, he's a contact player. Um, he knows how to play the game. Um, he, he's got a true feel uh, for how to play defense, how to play with the ball in his hand, um, you know, Maybe in the future, man, you may see him step on the offensive side for a little bit. 
you know, uh, Coach Coach Fish may grab him from me, uh, you know, as he gets a little older. But right now, we're gonna focus and concentrate on playing defense. Uh, man, he he's gotta he's gotta continue to make sure between him and him and Deshaun Jerkins, man, they can lead lead that secondary. And as a young guy, I mean, he's doing a pretty good job. I think they're similar. Like for me, I'm not really paying much attention to it. I mean, I mean, I, I saw, uh, you know, I mean, our group of you know, I mean, senior undergraduate students on Saturday, and really appreciated, uh, you know, I mean who they were and what they did. I mean, they stayed, man, and they enjoyed themselves. And, and, and for them, I'm sure, like, the socialization piece was was a blast considering, uh, like, the parameters around, uh, you know, COVID and what's going on right now. But um, we want fans back. I, I, I think the game needs, you know, fans back. But right now, the ramping up period um, is, is just making it about and focuses – Focusing on the things that you can actually control. And, you know, football has got to be the place, man, where we, you know, dive in and, you know, continue to invest. And I think um, gradually what we're going to see is or, – or hopefully what we're going to see is opportunities for fans and, you know, I'm an alumni, um, you know, as, as well as Nashville community, uh, you know, come back, man, and so they can watch football and we can, and we can all enjoy this thing together. All right, Shane. So I thought you'd really appreciate especially his uh... – stadium comments here because we know how you feel about it but uh <laughs> i just think that's great because you know vanderbilt did catch a ton of shit for not having uh, you know the, not allowing fans in now they're letting students in and i don't know if you saw it but starting quarterback ken seals his dad tweeted out some photos so even the families are not allowed to t- attend these games which is ridiculous so what they did instead of just watching it on tv they rented a hotel room next to the stadium and watched it through the damn window. I mean, how ridiculous is that they even have to do that? Oh, that's terrible, man. And, uh, you know, it's not like he's, it's, I'm not talking about 50 family members here. I'm talking, <laughs> look like three, you know what I mean? So we could squeeze them in. We could squeeze family members for every Commodore player. <laughs> I would think and it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't, what's 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 the deal with this thing? I know they came out twenty five percent. Now is this like a is this like a city rule or is this like an SEC rule or? I think it's a combi- uh, It's certainly a combination of both. I think. Okay, is there like something that? Because I've been listening to a lot of stuff, and I'm just I, I I was expecting at some point as the numbers go down that maybe we'd be upping the percent of fans that are allowed into these venues and. Uh, I've not really heard anything. It's almost like we're just settling for 25%. So mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's the actually the only one I've heard that's changed, right? I think so. Now, I do know LSU has kind of changed their where you got to like get a check or whatever before you come in. They've dropped that and they've opened up alcohol. So there are other places that are, that are si- kind of changing, but not really changing the numbers from what I see in. Mm. I'll tell you, I went over to, I went to my nephew's football game the other day mm-hmm. and we're, we're walking in he's a little grass cutter. They won by the way, fantastic game. It's good to be there, but I had to get my temperature check going in, man. And you want to talk about, I was nervous, Mike. I thought, I thought, man, if I get popped here, you know, I'm going to have to go back to the car and wait and I passed my temperature thing. So I just, I just thought about that. You know, they're checking the temperature. I don't even know why that came up, Mike. I just thought about that. <laughs> What'd you say? Did you ask something about the temperatures? No, I said I said LSU's kind of dropped that. I, I guess they were they were doing that, but now they're not. 
Oh, okay. So they were ch- checking temperatures they're not doing anymore? I don't know if they were checking temperatures, but I um, I don't really know. I think it was like you, ha- if you had to prove that you didn't have COVID or something like that. I, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure it, what it was. You know, I think you had to be tested uh, at some point and, and show them that you're, that you're good. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we're two weeks in, man. And, you know, there's been fans at these games and I'm not hearing anything. So right. I don't know if they're doing well covering it up or something like that, but... <laughs> You know, I, I'm not I'm not getting into all the the politics of coronavirus, but it just seems to me like everything's going pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I'd be excited if we could start letting a few more in. But you know, beggars can't be choosers. At least we have college football. Well, let's uh, jump to the other side of this one, Shane. As we were talking about the hot seat, my God, if Will Muschamp can't win this one, Oof. his ass is going to be on the coals here in a moment because. And, and, man, I called it going into the season. These South Carolina fans, hey, he's not on the hot seat anymore. We're good. We got the five-star quarterback. Mike Bobo's looking good. Our quarterback <laughs> depth's looking good. And what did I say, Shane? I said, he loses a game or two. They're going to throw his ass yeah. on the hot seat again. <laughs> And here we are again. Tennessee and Florida, they might be. Certainly Georgia looks to be. In the conversation, you know, one of the best teams in the East. But who knows how it's going to play out. What if Florida and Tennessee are the two best teams? South Carolina losing to those is not really shameful. You know, they're not getting stomped or anything by these teams. So it's pretty wild how these things turn. But we know we've been doing this long enough. We know that's how it works. And I even got people asking me, you know, South South Carolina, do they fire Will Muschamp on Sunday if he loses this game? <laughs> I don't think they go that drastic, certainly. But, yeah, to answer my own question I asked to you, and, and it's the same, but Will Muschamp is the obvious answer. This is um, He's the one that needs this win more than even Derek Mason, I think. What if he loses? Is there a chance he gets fired midseason? No, does he get Does he get Bill so. O'Brien or – or is this is this something we just can't afford to to fire coaches right now? I think you can afford to fire them, but I just don't know what good it does you in the middle of the year unless you really got a, you know, a guy on the staff that's really ready to step up and take the lead. And well, I mean, you got Mike Bobo. What what if? I don't think I, that's. I, just, I don't think that'd be a good idea because I don't but, even I don't even know how many defensive players he knows. You know what I mean? Like he's new. He's still, and I think Mike Bobo's doing a good job. So, yeah, doing the play calling and working with Colin Hill. So, you know, it seems like what he's doing is working really well. You just, if you throw him all, and now he's got to do media availability and he's got to do all this stuff. I just think you're, you're screwing with something that's working at least on the offensive side if you do that. And it'd be different if they had like a coach O type guy on that staff ready mm-hmm. to step up and, and take that role. And, hell, last time I checked Mike Bobo, for as much as we praise him as being an offensive coordinator, a really good one, uh, I don't believe he was that good of a head coach anyway at Colorado State. So, yeah, I don't – I certainly think you could – you get rid of him at the end of the year potentially if, you know, if this, if this keeps up – these losses keep mounting. But mm-hmm. all SEC, dealing with all this COVID crap, now you're throwing a coaching change on top of it. I don't know, man. I th- I think that's now you're. It's like beyond chaos. You know what? Yeah. No, I I know. I just 
I don't know. I, I was like, what? What if this was Ray Tanner's idea all along? You know, let's get let's get a head coach that's had experience in here, Mike Bobo. The offense is looking good, so God forbid if something does happen, Mike can step in until and then and that shows the country that we are open for for business. And we could be the first one to try to get a new coach in 2021. So mm-hmm. part of that is going on in the back of my mind. And I'm sure it's going on in the back of some South Carolina fans' minds as well. Uh, but all that can be put to rest if they could just come out and start winning games. So they, they've, they've showed promise in the first two ball games. They really have. There's, there's definitely some things that they've needed to work on. But if they can keep progressing – I think they're going to be – I think they'll be fine this week. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to Coach Muschamp, who talked about Vanderbilt's new offense, what he's seeing there on South Carolina's uh, struggling secondary at the moment. And I thought this was a really good question. How do you get these players to believe that they can win on the field when they've it's not been happening? And then um, you said it, Shade. I mean, hell, he's already getting the questions. <laughs> how do the leadership of the school, how are they feeling about your job? <laughs> What are some of the challenges posed by this uh, Vanderbilt offense? And and are they still kind of that pro-style scheme that they've been the last few years? Well, I've got a lot of respect for Todd Fitch, who's our new offensive coordinator, who was with Skip Holtz at Louisiana Tech and has a very – used to be here uh, with Coach Holtz, and, but has got a very varied background as far as pro-style and spread systems. Uh, obviously, at Louisiana Tech, they've been really good on offense. Uh, and then he was at Boston College with Steve Adazio, and they are more traditional two-back – uh, you know, looks as far as some of the things. So we've done a lot of research in order to prepare for the game. Uh, they give you some different variations of that. They jump in 12 personnel and there are multiple formation with that, which creates some issues as far as matchups and how you want to play that. Uh, ben Bresnum is a really good tight end that they've really used early in the season. Uh, Wakefield's been a back that's been there since we've been here. He's been here a long time. Uh, we like him and Marlowe, we think are really good players. And, and uh, Cam Johnson in the slot plays really well for him. So again, uh, they, they do some really good things offensively uh, that, that pose some issues for you. I know you've played uh, two veteran quarterbacks in these opening two games, and just kind of what's your overall assessment of the secondary? Do you feel like they've they've underperformed at all, or, or just what's your general assessment of the secondary? Well, I think that the, the bottom line is you give up ten explosive passes in two games. That's way too many, um, and and that was something that uh, is frustrating. And and I think that you go and we've evaluated obviously all ten plays multiple times in the last forty eight hours, and head coach to affect that prior to a team or players having an example of that on the field prior to it happening on the field how on the game field how do you get them to believe it in practice you know you, you we we do a lot of we're doing more good on good than we've ever done because of the situation we're in to have more guys ready to play on Saturday afternoon and 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 challenge guys to know that hey you know you you just went against a really good football player and had success on this route had success in this coverage had success in this blocking scheme had success on this run you just blocked you just did a great job double teaming a really good player we need to build from that and create examples for our players which we're doing um, to, to show them to give them confidence and that's uh, that's what it looks like that's what it feels like that's what it smells like and that's what it, what we need to do and I think that that uh, that's something you got to continue to simulate for your players in practice and then understand when he gets to game day that doesn't change. And, you know, why is Tom Brady the best one-minute quarterback ever? Because he never changes. 
nothing ever changes in one minute for him. He doesn't all of a sudden decide he's got to have a whole new route concept and he's got to do this, he's got to change this, he's got to – no, he stays the same all the time. And, and that's why, you know, those are things that I talk to our team about a lot. We don't change when the game's on the line. What are kind of the, mo uh, the most important aspects that you and Coach Bobo and your staff can kind of factor into trying to create more long uh, plays in your offense? Well, I mean, I think, Mike, we called several, uh, you know, Saturday. Uh, those are things that, uh, you know, we're always looking for explosive plays because it's di very difficult to have 12, 11, and nine play drives for touchdowns or field goals in this league. Eventually something something's going to break down. There's going to be a negative play that puts you behind the change. There may be a penalty, uh, but there's going to be something that does not go right on the drive. So we've been able to maintain the ball because, you know, you look at last Saturday, we were really good on third down. We were right at close to 50% on third and fourth downs in the game. Uh, when you're 11 of, I think it's 23, you're close to 50%, which you, you'll be as good as anybody in the country if you do that. So... Uh, being able to maintain, stay on, stay on, uh, on track as far as the down and distance are concerned, but we've got to create some explosive plays. And whether it's taking some, some more shots down the field, which we had some dialed up, we threw a couple, we missed a couple, uh, and then you know because of protection or whatever the case may be, the read they may have covered it down the field. We didn't throw a couple. Well, I know you and Coach Tanner talk a good bit. You know, what have the conversations over the last week or so been like? Two weeks? It, it, what's his message kind of been to you? And have you heard from President Caslin at all to get, give you any kind of words of encouragement or anything like that? No, I saw President Caslin before the game Saturday. And wished us good luck. And then, uh, you know, Coach Tanner and I talk, you know, you know, three or four times a week, uh, just about kind of where we, where things are with the team. Obviously, his experience as a coach obviously helps in those situations sometimes, and you lean on that. Uh, but he's been nothing but supportive about what we're doing and where we're heading with things. All right, Shane, so that's obviously not the question you want to be answering two weeks <laughs> into the season, but we knew it was going to happen. Uh, that's just kind of the place we're in until Will Muschamp turns this thing around and he's got to have more wins like he had last year at South Carolina, have less losses like he did Appalachian State, and this Vanderbilt one would certainly be one like it. So, I don't know. I think um, South Carolina definitely – and Will Muschamp, I think they're both at a crossroads, certainly. But I just don't think that uh, – I think we're overreacting to losing a a, what appears to be a very good Tennessee team and Florida, which is a team that I picked to not just win the SEC East, but win the entire SEC. You know, if you're losing to those two, I think, I think you've still got a, a chance to have a decent season here. Yeah, I, I think so too. And that's – you know, because – you can put all this to rest. You victories puts all this to rest yeah, because South Carolina got dealt a couple tough cards coming out of the gate, but you know, you watch, like I said, just the performances, it, it came down to some bad coaching decisions and it just, it's just highlighted when you've, you're sitting there at and two. So if, if they struggle against Vanderbilt, then people are just, even if they get a win, they're going to be upset. So South Carolina's got to come out and just dominate this game. Mm -hmm. All right, Shane, last game here to, to preview. We talked about it in the opening. It was supposed to be in Baton Rouge. Now it's kicking over to Columbia, Missouri. That is expected to be officially announced by the SEC on Wednesday morning. Go Tigers. But we got the LSU Tigers. It looked like they've you know fixed a lot of their issues against Vanderbilt. Now, obviously, that's you know kind of a step down of competition to a degree, but at least uh, 
you know, I really thought there was a chance that LSU was going to, you know, fall flat on their face after losing that first game. But this was more of exactly what I thought we were getting in LSU. I thought they would whip up on Mississippi State like they whipped up on Vanderbilt. And a lot of that had to do with Miles Brennan coming back in and looking like the guy they said he was on Derek mm-hmm. Stingley getting in there and showcasing his talent. Uh, so I don't know. What what are your thoughts on this game? And does it change anything for you, Shane, now that it's moving to Missouri? Uh, does that – you know, certainly it's probably not going to change your pick or anything, but does I don't know. Now it's, a, it's just a little bit of a different game now in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't think it's different. Uh, honestly, Mike, uh, this is a team that just, you know, finished a road trip, just went up, mm-hmm. did their job, and and maybe they need to be removed from the elements there for a minute because, you know, one thing about being on the road, it, it, it brings you together closer as a team. Um, and I think about something that uh, Muschamp was – or not Muschamp, but um, – uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, Dan was saying the other day, you know, talking about it's it's taken a while for these de- uh, defenses to catch on. Mm-hmm. I think LSU's a prime example of that, and I think they picked up quicker than most. Uh, this was a team that was exposed week one. You know, they reading those clippings just thinking they're – they're going to dominate like they did the season before. And they realized real quick that if they come unprepared to a fight, they're going to lose. And, and uh, it really showed itself uh, last Saturday when they went to Vanderbilt. Th- these guys played great, both sides of the ball. Uh, obviously, there's still some things that they can work, but you know that defense looked fantastic compared to week one. So um, I think this is a team. LSU is a sneaky, scary team mm-hmm. uh, because they do have a lot of talent, and if they keep progressing the way they're doing now, buddy, watch out. The Tigers could be back in, in, in as far as a, a SEC champ. Well, hey, let's kick it over to Coach O, who talked about Miles Brennan and what he worked on in the you know from week one to week two um what he sees in the secondary why they got so much better and then uh this was kind of interesting that he admitted this but on it being you know tougher to play without fans and he said this before the game got moved so they don't got to worry about playing in front of a very limited lsu fans this week because they're playing in missouri but uh, let's kick it over to coach o um obviously you talk about week one to week two jumps we saw that from miles um, stats aside, the first week just getting comfortable. What what made him, in your mind, much more comfortable when it came to the game plan and, and maybe yeah. how uh, it played out with him in week two? Well, we, we simplified it. Obviously, simplified it, and he worked all week on stepping up in the pocket, not scrambling to his right like he usually wants to. Once he feels pressure, standing, uh, sliding up in the pocket. I made him a little cut up myself with Drew Brees. And uh, I don't know if that worked or not, but I know he studied it. But I think we worked very hard on him staying in the pocket, stepping up, and making the right throw. And then let, let it rip. You know, uh, when he sees it open, let it go. That, that touchdown he made to Terrace, that free safety was sitting right there. That ball was right on the money. Hey, Ed, Ed in New Orleans. A couple of questions, please, sir. Uh, do you think, I'm doubling back to what you said about Miles, that him being able to navigate around the pocket is a is a giant key for him moving forward and two after watching the way arkansas defensed mississippi state do you wish in hindsight that you had gone back and played more three-man line and dropped eight 
Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, yes, uh, Miles maneuvering in the pocket with pocket presence, being patient and stepping up is something that we worked very hard last week on him doing it, allowing the routes to become open. And then when they become open, and let it rip, throw it, and make a decision and let's go. And uh, he did that. I thought he did that very well this week. Now, it wasn't like he was under a whole lot of duress, okay? And uh, so, but you know, on, on the double pass, uh, he got hit pretty good. He got hit pretty good, and that was a pretty darn good pass that he threw. So a lot of improvement there. Still some improvement to go, and it's got to start with the offensive line also. Uh, obviously, that you know when we go back and we watch the film, there's some things that we could have did different. Number one, played the scheme better, with better technique and better alignments. Made adjustments within the scheme, although it's banned. That sometimes you can switch stuff off because of splits, and not switch stuff off and communicate better. Uh, we didn't do that, and there's also sometimes what we could have uh, played more zone. But I will say this, Ed, on that third down and 20, we dropped eight, and we rushed three, and they completed on that play. You know, so, you know, you, hindsight's 2020. Uh, this is the first time that we had seen that offense uh, live, as far as myself personally, and uh, I know we're going to be better at it next year. Um, you know, it was a big week for you guys um, on the secondary and, and just kind of the improvements from the, from the younger guys. Can you talk a little about just what you saw from guys like Elias and Cordell and their week two performance and maybe how Derek Stingley kind of yeah. uh, helps those guys? Yeah, I think Derek Stingley's presence, presence helped everybody, including me, to be honest with you. And uh, gave us a lot of confidence. He's one of the best players in America. I also, it took the pressure off of Elias. It took the pressure off of Cordell. But you know what? That was their first time playing in, in that, that many snaps in a, in a game. And so their second game, I think there was less nerves. They were more sure of the things that they had to do. I think they just stuck to the technique, uh, didn't give up any big plays, which I was very, very pleased with. What was the difference between, you know, during this COVID, between a home game at LSU and then a, and then a road game where there's some same thing similar, or, or what did you think from the sideline? Well, you know, the uh, the home game at LSU, we're so dependent on the Tiger Walk and the energy that it was it was difficult to match. Obviously, it's always going to be difficult to match, uh, and uh, there's no place like Tiger Stadium. Uh, going away, uh, when we walked into the stadium at uh, Vanderbilt, they were playing loud, very loud crowd noise. And uh, I, I began. I, I got got a little worried because we didn't practice crowd noise all week, which we usually do, going playing the away game. But they can only play. I think it's 75 decibels uh, loud uh, when we're out there, and which is not very loud. So it, it didn't affect us at all. It was kind of eerie going to the stadium with no no fans and stuff like that. But I think we learned our lesson from the first game that we have to create our own energy. It's like this for both teams. I think the biggest thing is that you lose home field advantage. You know, playing off uh, what you said there, Shane, I think you might really be on to something here because obviously LSU was down and out after week one, but they got it right playing Vanderbilt. And now, based on what we saw from Missouri against Tennessee, I think this is another really good opportunity. Certainly LSU is going to have to play a good game. You just, you just can't be off your game and win in the SEC. But if they have another good game, you know, they've got a really good chance to build some momentum back-to-back -back weeks 
And I think that could really catapult them going into looking a week ahead. They got to play Florida, which is going to just be an epic showdown. But uh, this is a very, very important game for LSU. And, you know, it kind of goes to what you're saying. If they're going to be this SEC contender, they've got to prove it on Saturday. And and they've really got to put away a team like Missouri that is just in a first-year coach with the transition on offense. You know what? Yeah, for sure, man. All right, well, let's skip over to the other side. Missouri, real quick. M-I-Z! Where Eli Drinkwitz, hey, he made an announcement here. Connor Bazelak going to be the starting quarterback over Sean Robinson for the first time this season. I think that was kind of an obvious selection. He really sparked the Missouri offense against Tennessee. And, you know, we talked about how the receivers, you know, maybe if they had a little bit better day, Missouri would have been in that ball game, but obviously that's not the way it played out. So um, I think this was kind of an obvious one, don't you, Shane, to, to kick it over to uh, Basilak? Yeah, this no-brainer for me because what I saw uh, just last week, he, the kid didn't look like a freshman. He, he looked like he's been there before. He looked like this was not too big for him, and uh, that's what you love to see, man. Uh, he was doing progression. It wasn't like he was just – you know, staring down some receiver. He was doing some progression out there. He was. I thought the the most impressive play of the whole game from Missouri was that uh, I think it was fourth and one, and he did like a rollout pass, and mm-hmm. Tennessee had it on lockdown, but it was a perfect pass to that tight end. Yep, and it, yeah, and, and you just can't defend a play like that if it's executed to that level. And after I saw that, I was like, yeah, this this is the guy right here. Dude, that was a perfectly placed ball. I mean, it's like, oh, here we go. And then I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, it's like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, we're going to lose this game. So, no, that, he he had a couple of those, man. It's just the, the guy is a good athlete. And uh, and I think I think this is who coach – it kind of surprises me that, that Sean didn't do better. Mm-hmm. I, I Honestly, I thought he was going to be the guy. You know, there was – a lot of people talk in the offseason that a lot of people are sleeping on him. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he lost that job last week, man. All right, well, let's kick it over to uh, Coach Drink talking about Basilak getting that job on the game potentially moving here, which is certainly all indication it is moving to Columbia. On Nick Bolton, he likes him as much as you do, Cousin Shane. And <laughs> then uh, he talks about LSU a little bit here too. Hi, Eli. Um, what's kind of the plan with, with the quarterback situation this weekend? Yeah, we plan on starting Connor and going with him. Sean, I'm warning you right now. I'll probably have a quick follow-up to this. But, Eli, just to start um, naming Connor the the starter, what what did you like uh, about his performance after going back and watching the tape of Tennessee? I thought he handled the situation well. He got in. We moved the ball offensively. He moved the ball on third downs. Um, he made good decisions in the pocket. Um there are th- some things that he missed and some things that he's got to improve on, but I just felt like he handled the situation well and he gave us a chance, um, and we're going to stick with him. Yeah, Eli, I was wondering, what's kind of – what's Sean Robinson's role going to be going forward? Quarterback on our football team. Will he – like, will it be a similar situation where two quarterbacks are used and he's just not the primary one, or is it just kind of Connor? Guess you'll tune in Saturday and find out. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Great. 8 p.m. ESPN, from what I've been told. 
I mean, I, yes, there's going to be plays for Sean. There's going to be situations, but I'm not going to give everybody the competitive advantage and tell you how we're going to use every player. He's a quarterback on our football team. Obviously, this year has has caused everybody to change routine to the point where there aren't routines, and and now it seems to be up in the air what you might even be able to do this weekend. Has I know football coaches are creatures of habit. How much how much have you had to? just change kind of your approach every single day uh, due to everything that's happened? I have to change my approach every single day. I mean, it it is – I really don't like the statement, but it is what it is. I mean, every day is a new day, a new challenge. Um, I, I'm operating with the sense that we're going down to play a football game on Saturday at 8 because I haven't been told anything different. Um and so that that as of right now is the plan until I'm told that we're doing something differently. I, I, I heard that that the LSU put out a statement that they were planning on playing Saturday at eight. So we'll be there Saturday at eight until somebody tells us different. And if they do, then we'll make an adjustment. Hey, coach, I wanted to get your description and your thoughts on Nick Bolton's role on this defense in the so far in this season. I mean, Nick's a warrior. Uh, he's a guy that that uh, I think he had 17 tackles, um, and you know, is a guy that makes makes plays all over the field, makes tackles when he's supposed to. Um, we need some other guys uh, to step up uh, and not put the onus on him to just erase mistakes. Um, but that he's a leader and he's a really good player, and I'm sure glad he's on our football team and he's continually proving why he's one of the best linebackers in the country. And uh, you know, we got to do a better job around him. I think that's a tribute also to the D-line of keeping blocks off of him. Hey, Coach, you touched a little bit on this earlier, but uh, with Connor, how does his arm and ability to stretch the field open up other facets of your offense? And then watching the tape from the Tennessee game, was there a play that stood out or a read he made that maybe someone else might not catch watching it on television that stood out to you? Um. I, I thought he made a couple of good throws down the field. I think he hit Dame Hazelton on a corner route and on a nine ball. He threw um, a really nice ball to uh, Tyler Beatty that was caught down the sideline. He did some nice things. Um, we were still under 60% completion. We didn't throw a touchdown, so there's still a lot of work to be done. Not sure that uh, that's going to open anything up until we throw some touchdowns. Um, until we're more consistent scoring points, that's when the offense will really open up. And so that's that's really what we got to do. Um, you know, he missed a couple of reads that that really have to be made. We obviously cannot turn the football over in the red zone, um, and that's something that we've got to continue to work on. And it wasn't just uh, his issue. We got pressure. Uh, we didn't run the right uh, route to the flat to hold that flat defender. So there was a lot of mistakes on that play, but ultimately the quarterback's the one with the ball in his hand. Um, again, we've still got a lot of growth to go. Yeah, we've made it a long way with anybody without anybody asking about your opponent this weekend. Um, what specifically stands twenty minutes out, in? Yeah, what specifically stands out to you about LSU? And can you look at at last year at all, or because they've had so much changeover, you mostly rely on these first couple games this year? Well, defensively, you can't really look at last year at all just because they have a new scheme, new defensive coordinator. Obviously, Bo Pelini's been an outstanding defensive coordinator, head football coach for a long football time, has a you know, hallmark defense, plays four down front, two twos, uh, great match coverage guy. 
uh, insert safeties into the box, which always creates an interesting dynamic for you trying to run the football and throwing the ball. Uh, they have every throw contested. They're going to press those corners and everything you want, you know, just from an easy access to get your quarterback started is not there. Um, there really isn't, you know, there's two games of tape. Mississippi State is usually a completely different defense than what you do against anybody else. Um, I thought they did a, an excellent job versus Vanderbilt. Um, they've got some really big defensive linemen. Um, obviously, Dominic Sue, I think, played for Coach Pelini at, at, uh, at Nebraska, and he's got some big guys that like that that can two-gap. He's got great defensive edge rushers. He's got a transfer linebacker from North Dakota State that's an outstanding football player. He's got, you know, I've already spoke about their corners. So they've got plenty of talent on the defensive side of the ball um, that's going to make it very difficult uh, for us. Offensively, um, yes, they have, I think, two returning starters. Their quarterback, Miles Brennan, you know, I believe he was a five-star quarterback, you know, just one of those guys. And you can tell he got more and more comfortable uh, last week versus Vanderbilt. Um, you know, threw the ball four touchdowns, spreads the ball around the field. Offensively, they're doing the same things, um, but you can't really – so you can get some schematics from it, uh, but the players are totally different. Um, but, again, they're scoring points at, at a high clip. Um, they use tempo to their advantage. They take shots down the field. Um, so, again, we got an outstanding opponent, and I appreciate, um, you know, the question about them. And it's going to be a really difficult task. All right, Shane. So, you know, there is one other thing I wanted to ask you, and maybe we, you know, we don't certainly don't have to make it a prediction here because we save those obviously for Friday. But each week in the SEC this year, we've seen massive, massive upsets that hardly anyone's called. And yeah. I'm thinking we're just going to see that basically week in and week out. And I'm not suggesting right this moment that Missouri is going to be the team that does it to LSU this week but what would that do for the Missouri program for coach Drinkowitz if you're here in your third game maybe you do make this switch at quarterback that sparks you right out the gate you got the right guy executing the offense you're playing at home now you don't have to go on the road and I don't know the pieces are kind of there for a potential upset bid here and this could be the you know the first signature win of the Drinkowitz era at Missouri if they if they pull it off. Well, first off, the I, I do want to say zero and two Eli doesn't sound as fun as undefeated Eli, <laughs> which I yeah. like. I like. I like a guy pissed. This Did is you? the opposite of Jimbo. Uh, you know what I mean? Like Jimbo's. Yeah. Oh, hey, we're kicking back. We're drinking lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's fucking pissed off to be zero and two. He's not. I guess you'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be there. Yeah, we'll be there. I'll meet you there. You better be there. Drinkowitz did not lose two games all last year. You know, I mean, this is not a guy that's used to losing. Well, you know, he's got a tough one ahead of him, right? I mean, I, I mean, you're talking about the LSU Tigers, and and it's yeah. kind of funny because if if they do lose it, I think the narr- I think the story gets lost. I I think it's going to be if LSU drops this game, mm-hmm. it's going to be about Coach O the whole time. You know, I I think. I think Eli needs a signature win for sure, you know, to put Mizzou on the on the map. Um, I just don't know if LSU is going to be that one. I don't know if if they've got what it takes to 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 keep up with this ball club because, like I said, this is a ball club that kind of found themselves last week, and right. and Mizzou is coming along. They, they they have some great 
uh, they got some great defense weapons. You know, Nick, I think is obviously going to be a, a first round pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they've got some talent on offense. Uh, they got a quarterback. They just discovered that that really can lead this ball club, but it is going to take a perfect game to beat these guys. And obviously if they beat LSU, the narrative will be about coach. O, but they're all going to be talking about, you know, the new quarterback or Roundtree went off or, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those type situations. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Mizzou's getting there. They are, but they still got a, they still got a long road ahead of them. All right. I tried to build them up and change us. Pull them back down. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the upset? I mean, honestly, let's just talk real quick. We've got a lot of great games this week. Is this the, I mean, you 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 nailed it last week with Arkansas, obviously picking them right out. Uh, but is there is there another one that you're looking at saying this could be this team should be on upset alert? Yeah, is I don't, it, I don't is, even want to say it, but I do. I've got the I've got the upset pinpointed this week. I think too. Is it Mizzou? Or can you not say? Or is it you're gonna give me two on me the, Friday, brother? <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that, man. <laughs> Master, I set you up. Man, it's getting late, Mike. I never let those go. So, anyway. Hey, well, uh, that's all we got, though, on this episode, Shane. So, it was, it, we were going a little bit long here, but uh, hope everyone appreciated all these breakdowns. Uh, you got anything else before we hop off here? Well, tomorrow we're going to have the NFL Big Three. So, uh, we had, yeah, we had a lot of great players uh, go off this weekend. So, we're going to highlight those. Uh, we'll be a shorter pod, so we'll have a little fun and and uh, get some stuff in. We're still going to have some some action for you tomorrow. So if you got yourselves an iPhone, Apple product, you made it this far, please give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, those do help us out so much. We'll be sure to read those on the Friday show. Uh, and if you do and you screenshot it, send it to that SEC podcast at gmail.com. Just let Mike know what color koozie you want sent to your house that's the least we can do for you taking a little of your time to 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 give us the rating absolutely shane well uh we really do appreciate it that's why we do each and every one of those and hopefully we catch another coach on the toilet here on the sec teleconference we'll be sure to let you know but uh hey that's all i got buddy so thanks for joining me as always thanks everybody for tuning in catch you on the next one all right see you guys go balls